0: Welcome to My Life is a Junk Drawer with your host, me, Sue Mangum. This podcast is meant to help you clean out the junk in your heart, soul, body, and yes, junk drawer. Thanks for listening. Good afternoon and welcome back to another episode of My Life is a Junk Drawer, the coronavirus series. We have been talking to the generations we talked to generation z we talked to the millennials and this week we talked to my generation generation x i brought back two guests for this special series my first guest is moni young and she was on episode 5 she fought breast cancer and she conquered breast cancer and if you want to hear more about her story go to episode 5 Also, we have Heather Tansy, who is my BWF, best widow friend. She is on episode 22. So if you want her backstory, go to episode 22. I encourage you to go listen to their stories. They are both very powerful. So we recorded this Saturday afternoon. We, back by popular demand, mixed up a drink. You can tell by the end of the episode that the alcohol is taking effect. I also want to say that uh, we recorded remotely, obviously. This was the first time that I had recorded like this. And so the sound is not the best. But remember, I'm doing this all by myself. I am still a, just a one-man pony show. And I do all the tricks myself. Despite the sound, the stories and the inspiration that these ladies give is worth every minute of it. We are Generation X, we are women, we are powerful, we could run the world. I hope that you love it as much as me. Welcome, Monnie and Heather. I'm so excited that you are back with me today. Hello. Hello. Hi. We have been talking coronavirus through the generation. We have done Generation Z, <laughs> <laughs> the millennials, and now we are on Generation X which happens to be us. Yay. And I do have to say, um, we are, it's a Saturday early evening. We're having a little happy hour recording. This is the first time that I have VIA recorded this way. So hopefully the noise will be kept down. I asked each one of you to make a drink, maybe a fun drink. Tell me, Monty, you start, what drink did you make and why?
1: So, I'm not a fun drink maker. I just don't make drinks really well. I love to drink fun drinks. <laughs> so I went with my just standard favorite, my, my comfort drink of a red wine blend. So, <laughs> so it, it comforts me. And that's actually what I've been drinking pretty much all through time. coronavirus. <laughs> so I thought it was fitting.
0: I knew you were going to say that. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, what about you?
2: Okay, so my drink has um, a little bit of story in several different ways behind it. Um, I made myself a, um, I guess what you could call a COVID um, cosmopolitan. And I don't mean that as in making fun of the situation that we're in, but I think it should be the COVID Cosmo because I had to improvise because I could (laughs) only use what I already had. So I um, chose the Cosmo because it reminds me of Sex and the City, which is set in New York City. And of course, we all know what uh, trials they are facing right now. So the Cosmopolitan for New York City, the COVID part, because I had to use an orange instead of a lime or a lemon, (laughs) then I was able to use my um, late husband's martini glasses that were hand painted. So it also got to um, remind me a little bit of my uh you know military life and when we actually uh you know when he trained for for stuff like we're we're going through right now. So that's the story behind my drink.
1: That's a great story.
0: That is a great story. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I made a dreamsicle margarita. Ooh, and yum. only because I was like dreaming of the day when I can drink this in a real bar and <laughs> it's had tequila in it. And I love tequila. So <laughs> not as sentimental as you, Heather. I like you.
2: You win that award. The best drink goes to Heather. Oh, wow. Hey, if I had a dime for every time I heard that.
1: <laughs> I'm dreaming of, of the day we can drink it on the beach together.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I know.
0: I can't believe even you can't even go to the beach. It's just crazy. So that is a good lead in to where we're going with this. Uh, Monty, why don't you start? What does this like all feel like to you? I've been asking everyone the same question. What does it feel like in
1: these weird times? You know, it's kind of crazy. I think everybody says that word. Like it's crazy times, and I feel like for a while I was like, "Oh, well, it's just it's going to pass. It's like the flu." And and then as the news kept coming and and the stories kept getting more severe, it 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 got to be where it was very surreal. Like we are truly locked down um you know know, it hasn't been you know bad for me you know i my i have twins um they're 16 and and they do their work my husband has always worked from home i'm fortunate enough to have lots of outside um space i don't always have to work from the kitchen i have a front porch a back porch you know i've been working and and it's definitely surreal i don't know that i've had you know the challenges of having young children at home or or um you know I'm not even attempting to homeschool anyone so <laughs> so from that aspect yeah. I'm I'm good.
2: What about you Heather? Well yeah of course the word I had written down was what Moni said um you know surreal so I think that um it is surreal I I think that most people you know never dream that this could happen to to us. Um we actually as far as the military and the government go, I mean, they, they prepare for things like this. They do drills. uh, And, and, and so even though we hoped it would never happen, um, especially with what my husband did in the um, army and coast guard, there's always drills that they run through of like, what's the worst case scenario of of anything. And, you know, for anybody who doesn't think that biological warfare is actually a thing, take a look at this um, and know that we need to continue to train for things like this. And, and know that, you know, it looks like this was obviously something that was not um, intentionally done, at least that's what we're hearing, but, you know, it, it it obviously can happen by accident or on purpose. I also think that this, I've said this to my husband, I said it to my stepdaughters, I, I really think that, you know, this is kind of a reset for our country, especially the generations who have had everything handed to them, and you know, they always said the, the greatest generation, you know, were our grandparents in World War II and how much they sacrificed. And, and, and you know, I just, I think this is sort of a reset of our values and, and our perceived needs versus wants, because I think that needs and wants should become very clear to people, people now. Needs are medicine and, and ventilators and staff who can work them and, you know, medicine and food and, and that kind of thing and jobs. And I, I just think that hopefully everybody's paying attention, especially the younger, younger generations to, you know, what this means and, and pay attention and step up. Good way to put it. Do you feel like, I kind of feel like it went darker this week. Like
0: I was, we were still quarantined, but this week, I guess with the death count and the severity of the cases just continuing, um, do you guys feel the same way?
1: Yeah, I absolutely do. I think even, you know, it's one thing to hear a death toll, you know, when this is happening somewhere else, you're like, okay, you know, people die of the flu, but then you're like, this isn't like dying of the flu. I think the stories that struck me the most or the most emotionally were were the ones where, you know, if you die of this, because we're in the situation we're in, you're dying by yourself, right? So so can you imagine, you know, being in a hospital room and, and dying by yourself and then and then being the the loved one that survives who who can't even bury or do a celebration of life or or really you know you've just got to sort of put your mourning on pause almost because because you can't do a funeral or anything like that because of because of the risk so I, so I think that's terrible I, it's very I different agree. than the flu you know people say it's just like the flu it's not it's not
0: Right. And, and I, I mean, just with my mom even being in the hospital and then in her rehab, it, you know, it is, I went and saw her outside the window and all I wanted to do was like hug her neck. It was so, so I can't imagine if she was even sicker and, you know, you can't be with the loved one as they're dying. That is, it really hits hard. Heather, do you have anything to add?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I, um, I definitely think that, um, that this week didn't, Obviously, the horror of the numbers is what you look at, right? I mean, on a daily, weekly basis or whatever. But, you know, I think for me, I was holding my breath since about the second week of March. Your question, Sue, had said, you know, when did you really know that COVID 19 was something to worry about? And for me, it was when I was talking to my brother, and he this was like March eighth or ninth, and he told me to go look at the satellite images that were now coming out of China and Iran. satellite images showed mass trenches in in cemeteries and and literally they're being dug by bulldozers and wow. I'm like that that doesn't happen for the flu. That doesn't happen for something that is a you know contagious as we think of contagious and okay. you know this last week for me. We knew we were going to have a bad, like you have to have the worst week, right? I mean, like there has to be a worse week, whether it's worse than you thought or better than you thought. And for me, I was just praying that we got to this week, that we got here so that we can move past it because, you know, we know we have to peak at some point. I think that everything that we've done, the people who are listening to the instructions, you know, the people in the government who are giving them, you know, we all have to work together. And I think that with any luck, this was our worst week you know, I just pray that we can start going down the other side of this hill now.
1: Whether you look at the numbers weekly or daily, how often do you guys look at the numbers? I'll, I'll say for me, it's I wake up every day and look at the numbers. I'm like, how, is, it getting, is it getting worse? Is it getting better? Yeah. You, you know, and I and I look to find, you know, is there treatment? Is How close are we to a vaccine? Yeah. Uh, you know, so I know for me, I never looked at the news daily. This is definitely my new normal of, of looking at the news daily just to figure out kind of where we are.
2: Yeah, I check probably three times a day, morning, noon, and night. And I check uh, world, U.S. and state and county. So I actually check four things about three times a day.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty close. I don't check state and county as much, but three times a day. I kind of had today, I just kind of had to pull myself back because I felt like yesterday I was like checking it every two hours and I felt myself like getting really pulled into it, into like a deep, dark, oh my gosh, you know, what if it's more, and what if it's not, and why aren't these people reporting? Today, I've only checked one time.
1: And I think that's great. I mean, I think sometimes I have to stop myself from checking too often, because you're right. I mean, and then as you start reading the stories in there, and then you kind of find yourself going down sort of, sort of a a dark path where where there's nothing good to come out of reading about all these sad stories. I mean, it's good to be aware, but I, but I know some of us kind of can go into this almost depression because you're reading all these stories and you're like, what happens to, happen to us? And really all you can do to Heather's point is, you know, let's follow the rules and, and, you know, focus on kind of recovering and, and getting better. But, but it's tough not to look at the, look at the news. I mean, I, yeah, I, I do it as well. So even though I'm saying, you know, try not to do it. It's so hard not to, but sometimes I just feel like we need to pull ourselves out of it.
2: Well, and I will say I've had at least one to two days out of every week where I just uh, put my head down and, and worked and um didn't look um at anything until like nine o'clock at night. I mean not that's not what I do daily, but each week I do have to give myself twenty four to forty eight hours of a time frame where and, and my husband will still tell me stuff. I mean it's not like I totally shut shut down, but um so I do have to step away at, at some point.
0: I think that, I mean, if you get too obsessed into it then you are lost and it you know, you're becoming a victim of it. Mm.
1: That's a great point. that's a great way to put it too.
0: talking about that we're We're three people in the same situation, probably dealing it and dealing with it in three different ways. Heather, you start this one. Did you like delegate someone to be the one person to always leave and go? do the grocery shopping or the errands? Are you letting people go in and out of your house? I'm going to just confess that I snuck down to the neighbors midweek and sat by their fire pit and we socially distanced. I had to get out. Heather, how strict are you being?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, the first, uh, you know, the first couple of weeks we were taking um, precautions. Um, we have my three stepdaughters every other week. You know, when they were coming in, they were bringing, you know, fresh, if you will, germs, potentially. <laughs> so right. we, we were um, really trying to follow the rules of the cleaning. Like we clean our doorknobs three times a day. We disinfect the counters with bleach, um, that kind of stuff. Sorry, that's a plane. I didn't know the plane was going to fly over now. We're doing a flyover. Yeah, it, it's not an impressive <laughs> plane either. It's just a, a small uh, single prop thing. So... Um, <laughs> My daughter was diagnosed with the flu and pneumonia. So she came and I isolated her in her brother's room. And um, Austin's not here. Um, as you know, he's up in New York in the Army. We took some hazmat precautions early on because of Taylor having the flu. And I did have them test her for COVID. And it did take them about, mm, I think we got the results back in like 13 business days. So she was already well, thank God, by the time you know we got the results back. Brian was originally going out and, and going to the grocery store and, and just, you know, he was the only one who would go out, but we stopped that about 10 days ago, but no, probably more like two weeks ago. And so we only order our um, groceries and go pick them up. He drove clear to Stone Mountain maybe a week and a half ago to get groceries because that was the only Walmart we could pick them up at within 24 hours. So yeah, we're, we're not, we're not going anywhere. No, no one's allowed to come in or out. I even told Taylor, you know, she had to make a decision. She's either going to ride this out at her apartment or she had to come here by, by like last week for good. Yeah. We've taken it very, very seriously.
0: Monty, how about you?
1: Yeah. So we're probably um, a little bit more in the middle. We, um, we're, we're very wiped down the doorknobs, um, clean the counters. I've cleaned my counters so many times and I was, you know, I, I thought I was, well, I was never a germaphobe, but I always thought I wanted to be a germaphobe before all this. <laughs> so so I actually had like a ton of like Clorox wipes. that I bought like a couple of years ago. You know, the Costco, like the wet ones individually wrapped. So so as all this uh-huh. happened, I didn't actually have to go out and get anything. I was like, oh, look, I have all this stuff. So, so we're definitely <laughs> in storage, yeah, in storage <laughs> literally in storage. I mean, I have like a 900 pack of something. I was like, this is crazy because I just, you know, I always thought I should be more cautious about germs. But now I, I'm definitely, <laughs> definitely um wiping everything down. I do have a couple of neighbors who live close by and, and two of them came over you know, to the back deck and I, I, um, or the back downstairs, patio, and I separated all of our chairs. Um, and and I put a pack of wipes in the middle. So if anyone needed to go to the restroom, you took a wipe and you did the door handle and then, you know, and then you threw the wipe away, but we sat, you know, six feet apart. So we've, we've, you know, I, like you just kind of had to get out, but yeah, we, so, you know, Damon for the most part is going to grocery stores, but we're being very cautious. We, we just started wearing, um, masks this week because of the C D C recommended them. So so they're not like full on masks. They're the they're the um, you know, the DIY, DIY mask made with bandana. Yeah. My <laughs> daughter yeah. made them with rubber bands. It's not like a medical grade mask, but just something.
0: Right. Yeah, not
1: that I've been been really going out, but we will, you know, drive through Starbucks or, or something like that. We've been doing that a bit.
0: Yeah. And that kind of leads me into how are you staying sane? And really that was the benefit of going and socially distancing on Wednesday was the benefit of not murdering someone in my house. <laughs> that literally little bit of contact, even even though we're not touching, it's just like, it's better. We've done a lot of Zooms and I've done a lot of um, little FaceTime stuff, but it was just nice to like, kind of sit with someone. You kind of miss that Heather. Cause I think you are the strictest. What are you doing to stay sane over there?
2: Well, you know, for me, um, I do, do work every day. So, um, I get up in the morning and I do still try to be, make myself somewhat presentable. (laughs) I try to, you know, (laughs) personal hygiene and all, because we have an 840, my team has an 845 stand up meeting every morning that we do on um, video. You know, I start my day by getting ready just like I would, um, And then I, you know, work. But, you know, I mean, of course, on the weekends, it's nice to have a break from work. And, you know, we are lucky enough to have a pool. And so we heated it up. We've never swam in March before, but we had our pool heated and we were swimming in March. You know, I've kept up my exercise um, routine. Orange Theory does. They're putting workouts online and and they actually have coaches texting you if you want to be like part of the April challenge. So try to keep a normal schedule. Um, We've played more games. Um, you know, I've read a lot. (laughs) uh, My dog gets walked every single day if it's not like pouring rain. So she is actually encouraging the quarantining and isolation to last because she's really enjoying her daily walks. She literally, I head toward the door. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. And she's by me. Are we walking? Are we going walking? When do we go? Is it? time? Yeah, we have to spell it. And now I think she's learning how to spell walk. Oh
0: <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I've been oh, today I actually didn't do a walk cuz we played cornhole in the in the outside but I've been doing the same thing. That daily walk has really really helped me too. Monty, do you have anything to add?
1: Yeah, no. I mean, same like I, I'm I, Heather and I are completely different work-wise. I don't make myself pre- presentable. I sort of, you know, roll out of bed. I I'm in my PJs probably till noon at which point I may or may not shower, but I'll definitely change into comfy clothes. Um, probably say I'm showering every couple of days, but, um, but yeah, I do try to, you know, Heather and I do orange theory together and we've tried to hold each other accountable. I haven't done like the intensity of orange theory, but I've definitely done daily right next to, you know, I have like sort of a little workstation, if you will, like a laptop and whatnot set up by the kitchen, but I also have a yoga mat right next to it. And I have, um, strength bands. So if I'm always doing squats or planks or sit-ups or, or something, even if I have five minutes between calls, I do some jumping jacks. I don't do like hour long workouts anymore, but I definitely probably think I get probably at least 60 minutes of exercise a day just because it's, you know, between calls, I'm laughing at myself because I can see, see myself going back to the office and taking my shoes off (laughs) and doing some yoga and people are like, what in the (laughs) world is she doing? But it has really helped me stay sane. My I'm not great at at balancing when it comes to yoga. You know, when when the teacher says, you can put your toe down, my toe is always down. But now I'm like, I've
0: got some pretty serious balance. As moms and women,
2: I feel like sometimes a lot of the burden lies on us. Do you guys agree about that? I would have to say at this point in my life, because of our situation, I would not agree with that for me. Um, I would say Brian has taken the lead on... um, On the disinfecting, he's taken the lead on how to get groceries without going in the grocery store. You know, he's searched online um, every week to see where we can get our groceries to either delivered or picked up. Bless his heart. You know, he's the one that is trying to homeschool the, the three girls and I have to say, um, you know, my kids are grown, and you both know that I did a lot of homeschooling in my own way when I wasn't forced to. So really, I mean, I'm fortunate. I mean, I I don't want to say I don't do my part, definitely disinfecting, and but you know, I mean, it's going really well, and it really is a team effort. I have to say, even my my girls are are pitching in. You know, everywhere Coco will every day ask me, can I? You know, is it time for me to wipe down all the light switches and the door handles and. I'm telling you, you give that girl a mission and she's gonna go with that Clorox wipe and she's gonna wipe everything and you know, so it, it has been a, a team effort. Um now I will say when Taylor was here recovering from the flu, that was stressful and that because the girls were here too, and I literally almost washed the skin off my hands because I would take something upstairs to Taylor. And again, we didn't know if she had COVID because they had tested her, but we didn't know. And right. uh, you know, I only gave her plastic utensils. I only gave her solo cups. Like I didn't bring anything back to the kitchen that I took up there. She had a trash can, she had to throw it away. I had hand sanitizer outside the door for me. Then I would come downstairs and wash my hands. So when she was here and sick, that was a lot of work for me. And of course I didn't want anybody else being exposed to that. So, I mean, I did sort of take that myself and yeah, if people wanted to help, I'm like, nope, I'm good. I've got it. What about you? mom? Yeah.
1: So similar to Heather, like I, yeah, I definitely, I don't feel like I'm, I'm going out alone. Damon has definitely taken the lead uh, on sort of, you know, making sure we have groceries and supplies and we're balanced with, you know, trying to keep the girls sane. I don't think I've ever just generally felt like I, I sort of owned the responsibility, I guess, for, for parenting. I know when I was, when I first had the twins and even when I was a stay at home mom for a bit, uh, you know, a lot of the other stay at home moms would be like, well, how come you, how can you go play tennis where are your twins? And I was like, well, they have a dad, and he's taking care of them. So I'm confused on your question. <laughs> so, so yeah. I, I think I think for me, it's, it's a good balance.
0: Well, good. That's good. I wasn't expecting that answer. So that you, I love it when people uh, when people surprise <laughs> me.
1: We pride ourselves on being <laughs> surprising. In fact. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm not going to whine about how I feel like I'm doing everything. No one else in this house is doing anything (laughs) because I'm having a dream sick cold margarita and it is refreshing and delightful. (laughs) So, Without getting too political, I, I just have said this a million times. If there was six people, six women in the coronavirus task force leading it, we would have this thing like under control, doing so much better. And. I think you two would totally be on the task force leadership board because I just admire you. You are very strong, smart. You have very high um, level jobs. So you're very um, organized and know how to take the lead. I would be one of your people that you could just tell me what to do. I don't want to be on this board, but Monty start. Is there a couple other people that you might think would be on the board with you to make this great Women Corona Task Force.
1: Yeah. So it's interesting, Sue, that, that you say Heather and I are, are, are sort of the leaders take charge. But I also think if, if we were on a task force, we would need to be balanced, which is why I would absolutely have you on the leadership task force. I think it's um I think you lead with empathy versus, you know, Heather and I probably just lead we don't. With... <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> Not that Heather and I aren't empathetic, but I'm definitely working on my empathy skills. So, so, but I mean, I think we need, we need a balance if, if we were going to have six women lead. So, so I definitely think we would need you to lead that. I think, gosh, you know, if I'm thinking about three other people, you know, I think a lot of Sarah Blakely, who, you know, is an Atlanta yeah. native, I mean, she just, her leadership and her, you know, her, her drive for results and success with her company, but also her, philanthropy um you know and, and doing the right thing for the community always impressed me
0: yes i like that yeah choice.
1: you didn't say people who were you know still around but i mean i think someone like princess diana who who again you know you know changed her situation was very influential i think she would be great I'm trying to think of a third yeah. maybe like a condoleezza rice again not to be too political but she, she always sort of yes i like yeah her. she always sort of you know said the right thing um yeah, so, so that would be my six woman task force. There you course. go.
2: Very nice. I like it, mm-hmm. Heather. What about all you? All right. Well, I'm going to give Monty props because I wish I had thought of Condoleezza Rice because I would... <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I was trying to think. Uh, yeah that that was totally totally a good one. Um, who I didn't think of. So I think first of all, a I would never want to do this in real life. So yeah. I don't want anybody thinking that I actually think I could do this. I thought of uh, Margaret Thatcher because I you know. Yes funny that yeah. she brought up princess diana because yeah. i really thought of margaret thatcher when i was thinking about this earlier just because i feel like she was an amazing leader you know she happened to be a woman but she was an amazing leader and very intelligent and then i was thinking of people like more close to me um so i work one of my coworkers. her name's kathy and she's one of the most phenomenal project managers that you could ever have I think that one reason that this task force is is working and has actually done the best that they could, and and let's be fair, it doesn't matter who's on the task force, this is an unknown situation, and you're going to make some mistakes, and you're going to make some good calls, and you hope the good calls outweigh the mistakes. Uh, You you have to treat it like an enormous project, and and I know this won't be popular with a lot of people, but it is a business project. It's, It's the business of keeping people from dying. And it's the business of keeping our country from going into a a, a depression like none of us have ever seen before. So Kathy would be my pick for project manager because she can she sees everything from a high level view. And and if you know you miss on this, then you're going to this is going to happen. So I definitely would need a strong project manager. She would be my choice. A good friend I grew up with. She's a doctor. She's a pediatrician. I would probably pick her to bring some medical. um, Her name is Jennifer. She lives in North Carolina. Bring a medical opinion. Um, I would keep Dr. Bricks, who's on the, the task force. I think she's amazing. She's smart. And then <laughs> hypothetically, since this is hypothetical, it was funny because my um, thoughts were already going to Sex in the City based on my cosmopolitan, Samantha, you know, she yes. would be able to spin whatever needed spun. <laughs> it would be a <laughs> lot of fun with her too.
0: It would be a lot of, there would be definitely Cosmopolitans at uh, maybe not five because you're working till like 10, but at 1030, there'd be some Cosmos Mm -hmm. going. (laughs) I am going to skip a little bit ahead. I have heard that from some of the podcasts I'm listening to and people I'm talking to that this is sort of like going through grief. And I know Bonnie with your breast cancer and Heather with losing her husband, we all have gone through grief. What do you think, what's the hardest thing you've lost? in these last couple of weeks. Monty, you start.
1: You, you know, it's interesting because cause I've heard, I've, you know, I, I've tried to switch to lighter news lately, you know, and, and so I've been reading right. some more of like the People Magazine news where you see these celebrities, whether it's, you know, Ellen DeGeneres, who just kind of came out and said she felt like she was in jail and they showed a picture of her house and, and you're like, seriously, <laughs> like that's your jail? You know, yeah. and Justin <laughs> Bieber who kind of <laughs> said something very similar and it was very bizarre, like, you know right, so, so I can't so so i don't I don't know that I've lost anything specifically. I, you know, I'm doing pretty good, my my family's doing pretty good. you know, I feel like a, as a community uh, Heather said this earlier, hopefully we we're learning from this and, and we're taking s- s- some lessons. I don't want to take it lightly. I also think you know I, I think the most difficult decisions are actually ahead of us, but but Heather said it's a business problem. So, so at some point we need to come out of this quarantine, right? Is it worth the Great Depression where people are going to die, say, of starvation or or of poverty or or something like that, or or they? Or are we going to protect the people who are going to die of coronavirus? So it is a business problem, and, and I think that's that's going to be a really tough decision. How quickly do we come out of this? How 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 badly do we want to tank the economy? Because it's not about rich people losing money on Wall Street; it, it's about people right. who couldn't afford to lose their jobs, losing their jobs, who, who now can't pay for food for themselves, for their kids. So so I think something that worries me is that, and I think that would, you know, if, if we put together this task force, that would be a really tough decision because it's not, if we come out, it's when we come out and how soon do we come out? Right.
2: I know this is probably not going to, this is going to sound, um, I don't know if it's self-serving or what, but I, I don't feel like I have had any of the five stages of grief. I, honestly feel lucky every single day that both my husband and our jobs have not been affected by this um, when so many others have, you know, so if I whine about being, having to work from home every day, well, you know, boo-hoo, you have a job and you're getting paid. The people that I feel for are the healthcare workers and the first responders, just like everybody is, you know, saying like, they're the ones who have to potentially take this home to their families. And, you know, like I said before, being a military spouse and then my late husband flew life flight, like I, I just have a whole different perspective, I think, on how the lives of these um, health care workers and first responders go because he was both and he was in the military. And I don't for the, the anger that I have is toward people who aren't listening, who aren't heeding the advice that the doctors are, are giving us and you know, oh, my, my, I can't go out and, you know, have my normal five o'clock bar, you know, happy hour or, or whatever. And my anger is directed at, you know, China and the other uh, people out there who, who didn't necessarily share everything they knew and who still aren't sharing everything they knew. I, I grieve. And I'm so, so sad for the people who have lost someone, you know, I mean, that part is, is there. And like you said, you can read about the stories all day long. Uh, That makes me sad but for me, yeah, we're not able to do exactly what we want when we want. Well, you know what, get over it. We're we're here and we're we're all fine. The same
0: here. I'm very lucky that Jay still has his job and my son CJ still has his job and no one has been affected by it. So, I think those are great great ways to look at the situation. Staying with that. What what is on a lighter note? What's the thing you like best about being home and and not being able to go and be busy all the time.
1: I have seen my 16 year old twins more in the last two weeks than I've probably seen them in like three months, you know, and, yeah. and they're coming down and they're, and they're spending time with us. So I, so I think that's been fun. I, I think, um, you know, them kind of knowing what I do by listening to conference calls and we have a lot of jokes. The other day I, you know, I have a really cute dog that I adore Panda and I get to spend a lot of time with him and I, um and I was not muted on a conference call <laughs> And I said, Oh, you good boy. You go, you good boy. And someone goes, did someone have a question? I was like, Nope. <laughs> you see the funny stories about how, you know, people aren't on mute or, or, or people are on video. Like all of a sudden everybody wants to do video. I'm like, seriously, do we, do we need to do video? But But they do. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do video. Yeah. My, my favorite thing about
2: being home is that I have two more hours in my day that I can actually work. Because I'm not driving fifty minutes to and from my office <laughs> going into the um you know shelter in place, I had had a couple challenging months at work, and I was just I could not catch up I was just behind and I stayed behind no matter what I did and so like the first week, I was completely stressed out because of everything and figuring out how to you know make this work for everybody, not just me like I, I can work from home but like I actually had a new employee start working with us. So I had to figure out how to train him virtually, you know, how to get him all set up, like things like that. But after I moved past that initial, okay, let's get everybody set. Then it actually has become a really, and I think my whole team feels that way. Like we, you know, are are getting so much work done and accomplished. Maybe you should just yeah, work for him forever, Heather. <laughs> we do video calls all day long. That's been sort of one of our company Policies during this is that if you have to make a call, it doesn't matter if it's to a client or to um, each other. You know, we get on video because we don't want to lose that personal contact. Brian and I talk all the time about how we think this yes. is really going to change the perception of people working from home because we are also connected and the video conferencing and stuff like that. It's you know, you could almost argue that you're you're still in one place, if you will, you know?
0: Yeah. And it's, that commute is, is not to be said lightly, Heather, because driving an hour, both, you know, one way there and one way back, I mean, first of all, it's exhausting, you know, whether you're working that extra two hours or you're not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. To add to that, you know, some of the, some of the impact also that we're having environmentally, that the satellite images Mm -hmm. of of China and the pollution, I, I saw just uh, yesterday in India, for the first time, people in North India can see the Himalayas. But because of all the pollution, they couldn't. Yeah. But it's been a couple of weeks of lockdown. And all of a sudden, you know, you know there, there's all there's, I think, a meme or something on Facebook that said, oh, you're not going to take care of, you know, Mother Nature, Mother Nature sends a plague. I mean, it, it, it's just there's something to be said yeah. about, you know, do we need to be driving as much as we're driving, polluting the the environment as much as we are? Like I said, I'm not you know, not to sound political, I'm not an environmentalist, but, but there's definitely something to be said about, do we need to make this, you know, a little bit the new normal, not completely, but let's really think about, do you need to be, you know, driving to work every day, or do you need to be going to whatever, wherever you're going to, to run errands, you know, do you need to go to four different stores, you know, or whatever it is. You know? Well just goes right.
2: it goes yeah. back too to what I, I said agree. about a reset. You know, like l- why don't we take the good things that have come out of this and the things that we have learned and put them to use in our new norm so that, you know, we we're better for it. I mean, I'm I'm not discounting the, you know, people who lose their lives or anything, but you know, if we can learn something good and put it into practice, then, you know, we should.
0: I agree. I love our perspective. I'm gonna put myself in there for um For our generation, you know, we're kind of stepping up to the plate and and taking responsibility.
2: Again, my grandfather was in World War II and, you know, I've always heard the greatest generation. But, you know, if you just take a look at some of those stories out there about like toy makers switching their production lines over to hand sanitizer and distilleries doing that. And, you know, people who are using their 3D printers to um, make, you know, either masks or shields or whatever, like that is the resourcefulness of the American people. That is what has always gotten us through crisis it's actually not who's in political power at that time it's right. not the task forces right. it's not the media it's actually the american people and we are very resourceful we are very resilient that's what gets us through times like this
1: i couldn't agree more heather it's the everyday heroes it's it's the people you know the healthcare workers that are really stepping up it's all the people who who are doing different things whether it's you know someone in your community who's posting on facebook i learned how to make masks and i would like to give them away or or, or the nurse who can, continu- you know, the nurse who's holding, you know, the speakerphone and a plastic bag up to, to, you know, to say yes. goodbye. I mean, it's, yeah, it's everyday heroes. Yep. So, you know yeah. what
2: terrified me more than anything? Like Sue, you said this last, this last week, you know, intensify your, your fear or whatever. It didn't. My fear was at its greatest when nobody could tell us anything about this virus, how to treat it, how to cure it, how to fight it. That's when my anxiety level was at the, the greatest and, <sighs> And when they started talking about, you know, okay, we are going to try this drug, you know, we don't know if it's going to work, but we're going to try it, you know, we're going to start taking antibodies. Like, again, I just go back to say, like, that is what America does. That is what we do well. That is why, you know, I know that the numbers and the people who are are dying are are not good. That is clear. But the fact that we have people working every day to try to minimize that and diminish it, that's why I watch the news every day. I watch the news to see what great American person is doing something good today, whether it's the toy maker or the distillery, you know, worker or the scientist or the medical student in Atlanta who was one of the first people to let them, you know, try the vaccine um, with live COVID virus. Like, he's amazing to me. He said, I think this right. is my duty to do this for the human race and america and he said that's why i you know i'm doing this vaccine trial it's a trial he he is a hero he he doesn't know what's gonna happen and he's still willing to put his life on the line for the rest of us
1: yeah, yeah. amen So yeah
2: i
0: mean you guys just have brought to light the good things that are happening in the midst of what is portrayed i mean on the media it's just bad 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 so i love that you guys are pulling out how america comes together All right. So since you both have already answered my junk drawer questions on prior podcasts, I thought I would go outside of my box and I'm going to do solace from Brene Brown. (laughs) But if she sues me too bad, there are different questions. I am doing question rapid fire. So the first five are going to be more emotionally based. And then the second, second five are going to be based on like your house and the junk in your house. Let's see how this goes. So the first question is, what is the first thing you do when you are faced with a scary situation and you have to be brave? Take a deep breath. I automatically get angry <laughs> <laughs> because then I can deal with it. I was like, I scream, no, no, no. And then I always come back and I'm like, okay, let me talk, think about it. But the deep breath is a much better way, Moni. Hey, you didn't tell
2: better. me we were being okay. judged on this.
0: Okay, number two, in your opinion, what makes a person strong?
2: Empathy. Determination.
0: Nice. Okay. When you have to be vulnerable and share your story, how do you start? With take a deep breath. With a drink. <laughs> That's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. With a drink.
2: With
0: a drink. <laughs> I'm always like, it's complicated. Number four. What has become the worst habit during your not quarantine? showering? <laughs>
2: i don't i don't know i don't know i'm 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 so confused no um i don't know that i have a worst habit but i did learn something about myself even even in a quarantine situation when i'm video conferencing and no one sees me from like the you know especially the 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 waist down i cannot wear mismatched socks if it takes me 30 (laughs) minutes i will find a pair of socks that are clean and match
1: you're psycho heather
0: (laughs) Number five, have you done any worthy projects Ooh, during I this, this time? time?
1: I have cleaned out my closet. I've just there's a there's a ministry that was open this morning. I donated like five bags of clothes. I've cleaned out my physical junk drawer.
2: I did something that no one wants to do. I matched up oh every food container bottom with a top. All my food containers wow. have top and so- like that.
0: That leads very nicely into the, the the next five questions. What is the most unorganized room in your house? My closet. <laughs> still? <laughs> still? <laughs> okay.
2: Well, I would have said my oldest stepdaughter's room, but she cleaned it from top to bottom and organized it. So Coco's room was probably next, but I want to give props to Coco too. She cleaned out her whole closet, organized everything. So... I feel like we're pretty good right now. I mean, the food container cabinets would have been there as well, but I cleaned those out. So I, I don't know. I feel pretty organized right now.
0: That's very good. I would say every every room <laughs> in my house, whatever room I'm in. <laughs> if I stepped into your garage right now, what would I see that is not normally in a garage?
2: You're first. Remember, <laughs> Monty? I, can, I got this one, though, if you want me to take it. Could you take it, Heather? Yeah, <laughs> I can here. take it. So right now, if you were to step into my garage, you would see my husband bolting in seats to the Corvette that still doesn't run.
1: So, so I have one cool. um, clean cars, because just today my husband said the young car wash is open. So all three cars, <laughs> my husband's, mine, and and my daughter's, we all were in the driveway and we, as a family activity, were washing cars. And our cars are typically not clean. So clean cars.
0: I love that because I washed my car like not this weekend but last weekend, and then Jay watched his so ours is kind of the same but i oh my gosh i can't even tell you what's in my own so i'm not going to go there these are your questions in your pantry or fridge what is a staple that might not
1: be a common staple for other people wow these are all such good questions a staple that is not a staple for other people heather you take it oh, what i took the
2: last one <laughs> that's why you're such a good friend to me heather <laughs> oh gosh so a staple for me that it's just a specific, I, I'm sure most people have this item, but for me, it's a specific item. I have to have craft creamy Italian dressing in my refrigerator because I don't like ketchup. I don't like mustard. I don't like mayonnaise. So in any of those situations that normal people would use mustard, mayonnaise, ketchup, or whatever, I use creamy Italian dressing. I think that's a very good one. Well, that is
1: a good one. So I'll, I'll put a twist on it a little bit. I, I will say that Normally, my freezer is like completely stocked up um, because I like to buy things, and as is my pantry, because I'm like I just you know just similar to the, the hand wipe you know sanitizer, I, I buy them, but then I don't use them. So my my freezer for like the last I don't know couple of years has just been completely stocked, and yet I go out to eat a lot or or just make different stuff, and, and same with my pantry. But now I I think I saw like the bottom of my freezer for the first time because I'm actually using things that are in my freezer.
0: (laughs) You guys are making really good use of your time. I love it. (laughs) I got two more. Number nine is if I walk into your bedroom closet, how would I describe you in three words?
2: You want me to take this one
1: too, Monty? No, I, mine, mine's easy. Let's see through it. She shops too much. She shops a lot. Something like that, that, that would say, you know, cause now that I'm doing all my laundry, I'm like, holy shit, I've got a ton of clothes. So, so yeah. And, and purses and, and all that. too. So yeah, that's easy. So, well, my closet
2: Perfect. is organized. Um, you can actually vacuum the bottom of it. Unlike normally my husband's closet. Luckily our closets are separate. Mine <laughs> is organized I think you would say my, uh, oh, how many baseball hats you have that um, you don't wear? Because I wear the same ones over and over again, but I have like 50, (laughs) but I only wear like two. I think you would also say, how do you get all your clothes in this closet? Because it's so small. The last question.
0: I think hell is like a steaming hot laundry room. Every time you finish one load, you hear the beeping of a huge dump truck and another enormous load falls on you and it's just continuously that. Chore related, what would your hell be?
2: Yeah, Heather, you got that one? Oh, I got this one. I got this (laughs) one all day long. Okay. Well, I would, uh, I would have two. A would also be the laundry because as you know, um, I have two (laughs) children of my own and then I have three stepchildren. So the fact that I had, you know, um, how many is that? Seven We had seven people for years living in the same house doing laundry. And so much the fact that I made everyone do their own laundry, but to them, that means putting it in the washer. To me, it means putting it in the washer, drying it, folding it, and putting away. But that's apparently not what it means to everyone else. I still had to do the the towels (laughs) and the sheets because guess who those belong to? No one, except for apparently me. And then my other (laughs) dreaded, hated chore is mopping. I absolutely hate to mop, but I cannot stand it if I stick to the floor. In any, you know, like I wear shoes or slippers all the time. But if I stick to the floor, I will be down my hands and knees cleaning that floor because I cannot stand to stick to the floor.
1: Um <laughs> You know, I I'm I love the motto of sticky floors and happy families. So I don't care about sticky floors. I'm trying to think of, I guess, I guess the kitchen. I'm, I'm somewhat of a kitchen fanatic. Don't like, you know, my house can be messy, but it can't be gross. Don't leave your, your, your dish, not in the dishwasher. And if you're, if it's, if the dishwasher is full, unload it, it's definitely the kitchen. Like, and if the dishwasher is full and you can't unload it, rinse your dish off, but don't leave like, like crumbs on the plate. And, and, and you cannot, cannot, cannot mm-hmm. take food upstairs. Like, do not let me find food upstairs because that is just food belongs <laughs> in the kitchen and then that's where it belongs. And, and so don't take it upstairs.
0: Yes, I agree. So <laughs> I have a lot of hells apparently because I agree with all of those. <laughs> all right. Well, you guys, that was so much fun. You guys are super inspirational. You gave us some great words of wisdom. I feel like so much better talking to you. All right. All ladies, right. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye. Wasn't that fun? I was very surprised by some of their answers. I actually really like that they gave a different perspective to this really, really dark situation. I like that they brought a little bit of light into the situation and told us some good things. Remember that this is just our opinions, a conversation. I did not fact check anything. I am not a fact checker. I hope that you realize that we know that this is a dire situation and we are just trying to bring a few giggles to your life. Y'all keep safe, stay home, spread joy, and give grace. Until next week, bye-bye. Thanks again for listening. Hey, if you like what you heard, if you would give me a review, that would be fabulous. The more reviews I get, the higher I get, the more people can listen to me and find me. Oh, by the way, you can find me at mylifeisajunkdrawer.com or on Facebook at mylifeisajunkdrawer. On Instagram, it's Sue C. Mangum. You can leave questions, concerns, anything, and I'll be sure to get back with you. Hope to hear from you soon.